I'm Luke. And I'm Lars. This is a podcast attempting to rank every fantasy movie ever made. Lars, how are you doing this week? This doing month? Very, this, this time period? This time, this fortnight. <laughs> I'm doing great. Happy belated 4th of July to you. Happy 4th of July. It's it's always interesting to, to get to share these kind of holidays with, with your kids and, and see what kind of little things they pick up on. Mm-hmm. Elliot loved sparklers until they burned his hand. Yeah. Now I'm sure that he will be scarred. Well, not physically scarred for life, hopefully, but will definitely be mentally scarred for life. And Eleanor thought they were really pretty until they made noise, and then they were the worst things ever. <laughs> there is nothing quite like watching an almost two-year-old burst into tears, and all she can get out of her mouth is bad, oh. bad. <laughs> yeah. That's so, yeah. Um, that's that's horrible sounding so happy birthday america you made my kids cry <laughs> oh uh how, how have you been i am okay uh have, didn't do a whole lot i uh there was a, a mix-up at work where i ended up having to stay pretty late yesterday um i saw that that reminded me of the superstore episode do you watch superstore no i do not it's actually pretty good i've it's heard a, that it, it, i mean it, it is at most pretty good you know, it's not the best television show I've ever seen, but it's got some really fun moments. And there was this one mm-hmm. episode where somehow, you know, all the stores had to, you know, stay late and unless, you know, the, the manager called them back or something like that. And, and it ended up, they all had to stay late, you know, and, right. and like no fault of their own. It was strictly the management's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ended up actually getting locked in the store because the store's locks are on a timer mm-hmm. and nobody sought to change them with them staying late. So they, <laughs> they end up having to stay stay over. It was, it was a really fun episode. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound like you had a fun episode of television in your... No, <laughs> I did not have a fun episode of television. The uh, the whole day, it was, just a, it was just a bad day. And I ended up just... I had to call another store and they're like, oh yeah, we closed at 6 tonight. I'm like, that's weird. And I just called another one just to see if maybe it was regional. And then I started calling, called a couple of stores near me, called Denver, called Rancho Cucamonga, which I, apparently no one knows is an actual place, and they just have heard it on... on Bugs uh, Bunny. Bugs Bunny, yeah. Like, no, that's an actual place in California. Wow, I actually, like, thought you were just making stuff up, because, mm. again, I'm like, oh, well, Bugs Bunny. No, it's, it's in California. It's in San Bernardino, Northern... <laughs> Rancho Wall... Cucamonga, Walla Walla, Walla Washington. Washington. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, yeah. Again, we're stalling for time. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. This no. Is, this was not a week where we had wonderful discoveries. No, um, it was. I I've made jam. I have been making a lot of jam. I think I, I might have said that last time around, but I made blueberry. What jam. is the now that you're a jam expert, which I never thought that I would be describing you as such. You know, in, in jam, our, jelly, preserves, and marmalade. What is the difference? Okay, so. Jelly is and made apparently jelly. you get this question a lot, which is uh, great. <laughs> no, I just I am good at pattern recognition. <laughs> you you said what you, is? There's only become, so many questions. You become you become sentient. I've <laughs> I'm aware of pattern recognition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, according to my research, like a freaking character on Magic School Bus, jelly is made with juice. Jam is made with bits of fruit. Preserves are made with whole fruit, and marmalades are ma- are citrus with bits of the rind. So you can have an orange marmalade or like a grapefruit marmalade, but you can't have a, an, an apple, apple marmalade. marmalade. Yes. Can you have an apple jelly or an orange jelly? Yes. Because you, you can, can, Yeah, because you can, you're using the, the juice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yes. In a way that's not. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's <laughs> in a way that's stalling for time. So what kind of jelly do you? We've I'm been sorry. making. Sorry. 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 Been, 
What kind of jam? Uh, actually, what kind of preserves am I making? Because oh, I'm, I'm shit. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we getting we getting wild up in here. No, we've been making blueberry jam preserves because it's kind of it depends on how you're you're looking at it the way we've been making them mm-hmm. because Victoria's parents have they're no longer blueberry bushes they're sold they're now more like blueberry trees mm. and so they're really nice and wonderful and we go out about well three times a year all of them like the same week because there's so many of them they they kind of ripen in sequence mm-hmm. and so we just we've been pl- pulling them from there and it's, it's nice cool yeah um i actually made a blueberry pie yesterday i made a blueberry pie and a cherry pie and cool. then had whip, whipped cream on top so red white and blue homemade whipped cream or uh that store-bought you know shit i'm throwing shit. down I, i'm I, throwing I down no i have no time to pick my own blueberries oh or... no I, <laughs> I, i'm just talking about the whipped cream that's the easiest thing in the world to make it is if you have time to do that it, all um, you need, it's sugar and heavy whipping cream and a fork. Give it to Elliot and tell him to spin it. He's got a, he's got extra he energy would, to burn he off. Would, he would, we would have, li- like, not frothy, we would have liquid just all over our kitchen. And this guess is, what? This is just, just, just like, ex- expediting things. I understand <laughs> that it, it is really easy to make. And actually, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And if, and if you're just going to, like, an emulsifier... Yeah. Like an emulsifying blender, which, which would, again, we are stalling for time because <laughs> these movies that we watch this week, like, again, there's some weeks that we, I'm actually generally excited about talking with about them because we found, like, a, a neat Now, wait a minute. Jim, what? <laughs> are you going to say that you think both of them are bad? I'm going to say one of them is Woof. Okay. And we're, I think you know which yeah. one. And the other one was okay. Okay. It, it, it's not the worst thing that, that we'll watch, but it is... Man, uh, very okay. <laughs> okay, I uh, all right. You can you, does that? I mean, is that a fair assessment? I, I, I know that you you probably like it more than I do, but and you see how people would say it's yeah. And, okay. and I will say, all right. Well, I'll go first because I didn't go first last there we week. Go. Um, let's go with the let's go with the okay one. Yeah. All right. My pick this week was Dragonheart from 1995, which has the that er, that era of movie. So this is made by Universal. Yeah. The 90s era Universal logo is my favorite of all time. Yep. That like da 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 and like and like Universal like comes around the horizon. I think it was the first time I remember seeing it was in either Waterworld. Waterworld. Yeah. But like that one that is the best logo. The like only thing movie uh, film logo. 20th Century Fox. Mm. Just because that that you feel like you're at a movie. Mm, that's okay. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a big one. I really like this movie, but I will say this: how much of that movie, how much of Dragonheart is, how much of the heavy lifting in that movie is done solely from that theme song to the stars? The music in this movie is the best thing. Yeah, the be- like hands down, the best part of this this movie is the music, and um, it and is a movie that is relying solely on the music to carry the story you're absolutely right yeah and i i love this because it's it is kind of cheesy but i remember seeing it in theaters i remember Mm -hmm. oh yeah i i've talked to many people who've said that one of their first crushes in the in life that they remember their first like big on-screen crush was draco in this with the dragon yes the dragon because it's sean connery because he speaks eloquently and quotes shakespeare and and is poetic we dragons love to sing when we're happy exactly it's it's sean connery again it's kind of hard to not do that there is a it's a kind of generic not really generic plot because it's got a talking dragon and they they go back yeah the large portion of this is done with that theme song to the stars shows up in so many other movies as 
the trailer sequence because they haven't completed the score for a film yet. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a arousing, because I remember like a lot of people. I remember it shows up in um the trailer for Seven Years in Tibet, the Brad Pitt movie, and I trying to explain to people like, no, that wasn't from Seven Years in Tibet. That was just the trailer. Right. Anyway, so plot of the movie: Dennis Quaid, action star Dennis Quaid, with an awful accent. At least he's. It's odd enough to not be American, but it's definitely not an English accent. So I like that it's kind of just, it's an accent that he says he's somewhere different. And I, I know, no, it's, it's, I, I get it. If you're going to, if you're not able to do something and you turn and you turn with a different way with it, it's, I can, I can respect that. You know, you're trying. He, uh, he is a knight. He's trying to teach this prince how to be good and be a knight. The, the old ways of Camelot all the way back to you know, time immemorial. Yeah, there's a code that he follows. He's a very code-driven yeah. man. And so the prince, Einan, uh, gets injured in a battle, and he talks to the last room to... Uh, well, to... So because the battle, like, his the prince, his dad, the king, is like a tyrant, right? Like, he's right. really awful. And so the king, so Dennis Quaid, Bowen. So Bowen's like, you know, I'm going to teach Einan to not be like his dad. Like, yeah. I, he, he's, he's my hope. I'm going to hope hope that he's going to be better than his dad and so like all the villagers are like i guess doing like an uprising right mm-hmm. and the king goes to kill everybody and Einan jumps into the battle right and he gets knocked into a, a to a, a spike basically right. <laughs> it sucks it sucks for him he gets knocked into a into a uh, a spike and bowen's like we can if we talk to this dragon who lives in a cave because that's where dragons live if you, you help us, and he puts part of a, the dragon, puts part of his heart in him to keep him alive, and they become linked, and because he, Bowen speaks for him and vouches for him that he's going to be a, a good one. He can actually, you know, bring back the, the goodness. And he turns out to just to be a dick. Yep. Pretty quickly. And we jump forward years later, and Bowen has become a dragon slayer, and he's been killing them around the world. And he's so good that he kills all of them except one. And that's our. And we come to find out it's the same dragon who gave the heart to Einan. And he doesn't have a name because his name. So he dubs him. Yeah, he gets dubbed Draco. You were skipping over a ton of stuff. Well, you were skipping over tons of stuff. Well, then what are you? Okay, go. No, that's fine. No, keep, just keep going. Keep going. This is the movie you like that you're breezing through. Well, this fine. is about. Well, so Bowen is a dragon slayer. He ends up finding. Draco in a field and they fight for a while and they realize that their entire livelihoods now sort of depend on each other so they decide to con everyone so so Draco so Sean Connor well okay first off yes Einan becomes this awful little brat and is is has like forgotten the code and and becomes the tyrant king that that Bowen feared that he would and like you know to the point where he's isn't he like gonna take out somebody's eyes? He's oh the the main woman in it. Her her dad like he's gonna you know take out the eyes of the rebellion leader. Yeah, like he's just a bad guy, and he's gonna he's gonna rebuild this castle, this like Roman castle. Right. And Bowen many years later has now like lost his faith. You know he doesn't have the code. He's a guy for hire. He goes and kills the dragons. He's a man without a code. And then Draco and he, they form this pack in this hilarious scene where he sits in his mouth for 24 hours. 90s era CGI just did not. Uh, well, then you've got age like, well, great. I don't know if that's the right term because look at Jurassic Park 
held up at oh, least. That's a good point. Yeah, Jurassic Park held up, but Jurassic Park also. I I don't know. It's if it, kind of minimal. It's kind of minimal, yeah. Because the only the only CG art that there really is the Brachiosaurus when we first see the dinosaurs and the T Rex roar. That's about it. Um, no, there's the part with the gallimimus. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that one. Yeah, there's so there's three. And there's the raptors. Well, the raptors in that all what well, that all sequence. Okay, well there's then all right. But 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 there's set it's set pieces. It's right. not a main character. Like but, the majority of Jurassic Park is people. One of the main characters in Dragonheart is a CGI dragon. Sometimes he looks good. And, and shout out to Phil Tippett. Um, Phil Tippett back in the house with the dragon design. Yeah. Um, Phil Tippett uh, did the dragon um, design for Dragon Slayer, mm-hmm. and he's doing this. I mean, I don't know. It just and it's not fair to judge a movie based on older effects because that's what they had at the time. Yeah. It's just some of it kind of took. It's funny. I remember. What channel was that? I don't know if it was A&E or AMC. It was like like Movie Magic. I remember the Movie Magic episode about Dragonheart and how it was like, this is how they made this incredible dragon. Mm-hmm. Really, it's not that incredible. Um, <laughs> what's funny is uh, I used to work with, an, uh, work with a woman and her um, father worked on this movie. He's a sound mixer. Uh, really? It's sound mixing. Yeah. He, uh, her father was a um, really prolific sound mixing uh, guy who worked on a couple of small films you might have seen. Dune, uh, Empire Strikes <laughs> Back, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Are you saying these correctly? Because I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're yeah. saying that I haven't yeah. heard them before. Yeah, and he may or may not have won Academy Awards for these movies uh, because of them. Mm. Yeah, I was. It was really cool. Like, and so I loved talking with her. And she was. Um, he passed away, and so she was trying to uh, just sell off some of his movie memorabilia. And she was, you know, showing some of these pictures, and she sh- she had, and still probably still has, the the Phil Tippett Go Motion Draco. Wow. And like, I came pretty close to actually like, what do you want for it? Like, I actually told her like, what do you want for that? Like, I'll I'll take that now. Wow. Yep. By the way, Sean Connery's voice. I understand why some of the <clears throat> first crush was Draco. Yeah. He was absolutely perfect mm-hmm. as the dragon. I haven't seen Desolation of Smaug, but Benedict, some pretty big shoes to fill yep. as far as dragon voices mm-hmm. are concerned. That he's, was perfect. He's okay in that. He does it really well because Benedict Cumberbatch is, is really good at right. fi- And he does it really well. It's just those three movies are... You know there's a, an, a Hugo-nominated documentary about the production of those three movies? Really? Yeah, it's on YouTube. I'll, uh, I'll send you the link for it. It's actually like a really good, well researched we'll post the link on our uh, our twitter feed yeah. and our um our page as well i will it's funny so yeah i'm sorry didn't mean to interrupt so they're guys on the lamb or not on the lamb they're, they're on, the, on the, the countryside conning people yeah so then what happens um he uh they keep bouncing back and forth and the the rebel leader's daughter meets back up and she realizes bowen's a knight and they need to take care of, they need to go take out uh Einan again and they meet up with Peter Postlewaith, who the world is lesser for having lost Peter Postlewaith. Just such a a solid character actor who, even in the most garbage movies, was uh, fantastic. Yeah, he does that shadow boxing thing that we talked about in the Dragon Warrior, yeah, the One yep. Warrior. Only does it with a stick and he's shadow sword fighting. That's not him. That's that's the, the movie. That's the script. Yeah, and he. Uh, yeah, no, he's really good at, at stuff like this. They uh, they come to fight Einan, and and they end up hurting Einan, but which also hurts 
Draco and they realize that he is the dragon who put his heart in him and they can't figure out how to separate the two of them. And so, like any good superhero movie, because I've noticed a lot of superhero and fantasy movies follow a similar format, mm-hmm. where they will break out a, um, to up the stakes, the bad guy will bring in a, a super weapon. Like, right. na- like it works in a lot of things. There'll be a, the raise the stakes kind of thing. And, he, and in this one, he hires professional dragon slayers who... Correct. Which, they're going to be out of a job soon. And how does Draco know that he's the last dragon? Plot device. Like, if, 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 like, if I... Huh? It's a plot device. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, say, like, you know, say I'm the second to last human yeah. on the planet. Like, the la- other one dies. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm the last one. How do I know? In this universe, dragons are semi semi-magical or at least semi-divine mm. i assume there's some kind of subconscious connection between them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that makes that makes sense as you know for like a nice hand wavy, uh, hand wavy kind of thing so they start the rebellion again against him because they realize they have to and they've got you know a dragon so that can help significantly because he breathes fire and right there's this really touching powerful scene where they go to rest and recover and and bowen regains his code and his honor where they go to Avalon and they've only yeah. they've only vaguely alluded to King Arthur and and the Knights of the Round and all that but they explicitly state it and he basically has a vision of Arthur knighting him again and it's this really right. nice like that's always stuck in my head you know it's raining and there's you know stirring music and yada 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 and yeah. it works really well Einan is played by uh, David Thewellis uh, yeah. Lupin from um, the Harry Potter movies and just Ares from Wonder Woman yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in that. Just that gen that gendry fuck. <laughs> I gotta tell you, he is just a, an asshole and pale and just like pasty and gross. Yeah. It, it it is. He is an impressive villain though. Like he is one that like stuck with me mm. as I don't often wake up thinking of Dragonheart. Um, this is not a movie that like stays with me. But when we brought it up, the first thing in my mind was not Sean Connery as a dragon. His costume, like that all white, yeah, kind of cream weird looking thing Mm. i always remembered that like that was a good costume design for some reason in my mind Mm -hmm. like it really it stuck out for him because he wasn't i am bad guy i wear black i have devil horns i have a i have a wolf on me i am a bad guy blah 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 no he he was actually all in white like he he should be the good guy yeah like you know if, if we're going off of just like strictly color patterns generic color palettes you know, kind of, you know, and color cues for, for our heroes and our villains. So I, I think that always stuck in me is that he looks like he should be the good guy, but he's actually the, the worst. Yeah. Does that make sense? It like, does. You know, he, it, that, that just, that, that always stuck with me. He's also the giggling creep dude in, uh, in, Ooh, um, Big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you knew exactly where I was going with mm-hmm. that. So they, they find out, Einan is just general douchebag this whole time. He tries to, tries to rape the love interest his mother realizes he's awful and tries to kill him a couple of times and it's great mm-hmm. it ends up with this really you know touching heroic sacrifice kind of thing where draco gets captured and he realize realizes that he has to stay alive or else he's gonna or else he'll die so he chains mm-hmm. him up and draco holds open his heart and lets bowen kill him and einan dies but there's this minor plot point uh you know, draco dies and disappears into into forced ghost heaven because there's a minor plot point where dragons don't really have souls they don't have heavens they don't have a heaven but if they die well they go into the constellation draco which is where he gets his name right and it's this is fine i think 
a lot of it is heavy nostalgia goggles for me because it's really it's got some sweeping visuals it's got just the most amazing soundtrack and it's not a it's not uncomplicated like it's it's a nice it's actually got some depth to its story even if it's not right. the most well executed of things and it's got a lot of really good acting in it for the people who are in it like Peter Postlewaite is a great character who's always stuck with me a traveling monk bard I like Dennis Quaid. It's kind of like the Knight's Tale. Yeah. Like when they were in, the, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, he was fine. Yeah. And Dennis Quaid does a pretty bang up job. There is a timeline that exists somewhere where it wasn't Dennis Quaid because there were a couple other actors who, who were cast and, and had readings for Bowen's role. There is a timeline where this movie starred Robin Williams. Really? Yeah. And there's also Liam Neeson. I can, Liam Neeson would have done a good would basically have done a better version of what Dennis Quaid did in this. Yeah. I really want to know what the Robin Williams version look, would have looked like. Eesh. Like like as an action hero? Yeah, it's like an as like basically the same role but with cuz Robin Williams was a phenomenal dramatic actor as well. He just happened to Oh, I oh, oh, absolutely. I understand that he's a dramatic actor. There's a difference between a dramatic actor and then being able to sword fight convincingly. Yeah, but there's that is a lot more there's a lot less of that in this than with that Bowen does directly than you know I I think we keep thinking about. Mm, no, that, you're 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 probably right. You're probably right. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, he, huh? Because I I I I'd actually rather see the Robin Williams version than the Liam Neeson version. Yeah, me too. Because Liam Neeson is all right. It's a fantasy film with you know a good-looking Irish dude. Robin Williams brings something unique. Right. Would he be able to rein in his like you know would it, in in the midst of <laughs> this like big dragon fight would he like start doing impressions I, I, well i don't think so i think he'd actually i think he would play it seriously or at least you know given value of serious because look at like two a uh, one hour photo mm, which mm-hmm. <laughs> and a, a lot of his other like weird subdued dramatic roles and because mm. with his catalog he'd only ever done comedies family movies and creepy things it would have been nice and, it, and like the occasional drama it would have been nice to see something outside of his bailiwick yeah. regardless i'm going off tangents because this is another mm. thing where it's like all right my fondness for this is almost I, I will think is almost purely nostalgia and it's the same way like i walk out of, I've, I've seen this a dozen times and every time i love it but it's one of those like yeah i love it because it makes me feel young again yeah i mean it was fine it was it, it was not I, I there were parts that i actually remembered more about you know, yeah. as we were watching it, I'll probably forget about them after talking about it today. But, but will but, I, um, I will remember that theme song until I die. Yes, yeah, the theme song is is pretty incredible. Mm. What was not incredible? <laughs> oh, was my movie? Yeah, I, I want to uh, uh, go. Oh, yes, go ahead. I, okay, go ahead. I'm going to paint a picture about this. I watched this and I was sitting here and just bored and i didn't quite mm-hmm. know what was going on uh-huh. and victoria says hey do you want to go grocery shopping and i said yes uh-huh. the movie's over i got up we went grocery shopping and i came back and realized that the movie wasn't over i had just paused it and there were five minutes remaining yep and nothing happened in those five minutes i thought the movie had right. ended. Mm-hmm. so go ahead yep so with that we're going to talk about warrior the warrior and the sorceress the Warrior and the Sorceress, what year was this? 1980? I was thinking earlier than that. I think it was 78, maybe? Uh, mm-mm. 84. Does not look it. It doesn't look like it should have been ever made. So, The Warrior and the Sorceress, 1984. Uh, Roger Corman produced. Roger um, Corman. <sighs> right around the same time. So, this is, I think there's like 10 or 12 movies that he made in Argentina around this time period. And it was this one, it was Deathstalker, Deathstalker 2, like all these 
really awful sword and sorcery movies. It stars David Carradine, rest in peace, who plays a character named Kane. Not the same spelling, I think, as the Kane from Kung Fu. No. But apparently Kane has been walking for a while and ended up on this distant planet. Without a shirt. Uh, without a shirt. But he stars as a man named Kane. And Warrior and the Sorceress is a ripoff of A Fistful of Dollars. Which is which a remake. It, which, 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 which is a, of itself an homage remake. So Fistful of Dollars, Sergio Leone, incredible movie. It was an, a ripoff or a homage of Yojimbo, Kira Kurosawa, incredible movie. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> so um, Yojimbo, Fistful of Dollars, and The Warrior and the Sorceress. Sorry, The Warrior and the Sorceress is the lesser of the three. It is fucking terrible. I, um, I, I, I gotta wonder, what is it with bad sword and sorcery movies that set them in desolate castle towns that are covered in sand and no one wears a shirt. Is it uh, just because it's cheap? Che- cheaper, to, cheaper to film and it's kind of titillating. People are not wearing shirts. That, okay, I, I will accept that. Well, and less on costume design because they don't have to design a top. Yeah. They only have to design bottoms. So if you've seen Yojimbo, classic of Japanese cinema, you've seen Fistful of Dollars, classic of American cinema, the story has been told over and over again. It is a kind of ambivalent anti-hero comes to a town there are two warring factions in the town fighting over something um in the war in the sorcerers it's, it's the well it's the, wa- the water the two sides are trying to get the water the anti-hero either clint eastwood the character in yojimbo or in our case david carradine kind of plays both sides agrees to help both sides out he is beaten because of it or he's you know he's he kind of double crossed because of it kind of decides to pick a side and 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 have some skin in the game fights one side wins and he leaves that's the story where did, okay not- now i got to ask how did you get that from what we watched cuz i i only I'm vaguely that that's i'm saying that's the story of yojimbo and fistful of dollars and it was supposed to be the story of this cuz i i the only reason i know that that's the story is at one point i had a vivid like last of lucidity and was oh this is yojimbo okay i know what's going on now i'm going to go back to doing something more satisfying and i did the same thing <laughs> Um, that's why. So it is, the guy arrives in town, there is like a military faction, there's like another group of people, the military faction's blocking the well, he kills all the people in the well, the peasants can come drink from the well, the warring faction can fight him. Oh my god, like I, the whole time I'm thinking, who's on what side, I'm not following any of this. The, there is a guy that hires, the first guy that hires Kane, I wondered if he was the inspiration for Jabba the Hutt. Yup. He's this, like, fat guy, and there's, like, even, like, a, like little minions. There's a woman in, like, a slave girl outfit. I'm like, either he's the inspiration or he is an exact ripoff because this comes out a year after uh, Jedi. There's a lot of nudity, like, unnecessary nudity. Well, there was a woman with four boobs. Okay, good. You caught that, too. But I suppose it would be hard not to catch that. That's one of the things that drew me back into the movie. Because <laughs> this is better than Total Recall. There's one more. It, it, <laughs> It is not better than Total Recall. <laughs> Total Recall is a much better film. Yes, it is. But it's just nonsense. It is absolute nonsense, this whole thing. How drunk was David Carradine throughout the production of this movie? A lot yes. to vary is yeah. my answer. Yeah. <laughs> on, a like, sc- on a scale of one to Martin Sheen at the beginning of... Apocalypse now. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, just 
unbelievable. Just so it, it was ridiculous. Just like you know, and and if the actor isn't doesn't care to be there, then why should I care about watching it? Right. Um, I can't tell you which side won. I don't think any any side won. I did have the a viewer did when the movie came on. The movie there we go. Out. Yes, the viewer is the winner when it when the credits roll. I have so Deathstalker music plays in it. Yep. Yep. Because again, this is made around that time period. I had a question for you, though, that okay. was, was more interesting than anything that I watched in this movie. Okay. Um, this was garbage. Yep. This was absolute garbage. It was, it, it wasn't even, what was frustrating is that we've watched some garbage movies so far, but there's been, like, funny garbage. Like, you can kind of, like, chuckle at them. Yeah. Like, you know, like, The Dragon Warrior. That was a stupid movie. Mm-hmm. But I laughed. Eight, <laughs> I, had, eight, I had some yeah. fun. Ator was was terrible, but that shadow fight. Shadow fight was great, and like the theme song at the end, and mm-hmm. just you know, it, it was it was funny. There was this is the worst kind of bad movie when there's nothing funny about. It. You can't even mm-hmm. like make you can't even like the mystery science theater. It it was just ugh. The God. only thing, the only question I had was okay, so he's shirtless. He's he's all he hasn't gone full Zardoz, but he's pretty close. <laughs> um, Do we have to watch Zardoz? <laughs> we might. Oh we might. fuck! I know. Okay. We'll we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. So he's got that cape, and one arm has a gauntlet on it that he occasionally punches with. Were um, we supposed to ins- assume he was missing a hand? No, we were supposed to figure out that he had broken his hand during filming, and they made a cast for him. Oh. I'm a. I'm guessing either some sort of drunken mishap or some sort of early erotic asphyxiation like trial attempt okay you know which led to his death eventually yeah yeah man it was okay so my big question so we're we see early on that this is a this is a land with two suns so we're on another planet yep at what point does like first of all why the fuck does that matter because it's it's an establishing shot it's It's an an establishing establishing shot so at what point does it become science fiction because highlander i would posit is strictly fantasy. Yeah. Highlander well, 2 takes place... It's garbage. It, it's garbage. It completely undercuts the entire mythos of the first one and transport the, them to the planet... Oh, what... Oh, Zeist. Zeist. It's Zeist. Ugh. So it... And the, the, the awful General Katana. Because yeah, they, they fight with swords. They're Right. That they're <laughs> aliens. That they're... Like, they, and basically they're aliens and they're, they've come to this planet. So that that's the... Well, science fiction is is a watered down term, and it should be speculative fiction because mm. speculative fiction involves things like that. In science fiction, the traditional the the original definition was something akin to people using science or technology to solve problems, roughly. But if it's just on another planet, it's not really sci-fi. It's just speculative because it's an alternate world. So in the oh. sense that, like, so, and I, I, how I've always thought of it is that science fiction, um, science fiction is what we're going to do. It's looking forward. Fantasy is always, like, looking backwards. Right. And, or science fiction, that you should be able to see the thread between present day and then how we get to this point that they're talking about in the science fiction story. And mm. it typically is it's either, it's very allegorical, it's trying to teach us a lesson, sometimes it's very ham-fisted, but sometimes it, it, it's not. You know, but it, it's more about, let's tell us, you know, we're going to have a message about, here's what happens if you use technology wrong, or here's what happens if you lose your humanity, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, science fiction is projecting our problems and telling a story in a way that relates more to what's going on now. It's just told in a way that this is what could happen. Fantasy is just made up. It's fairy right. tale. So, or, Star Trek, or Star, Star Trek, 
science fiction. Star Wars, Wars science fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Because I, uh, did you ever have a class with, because uh, we went to the same school, we went to the same college. Yeah. Did you ever have a class by a guy named Lewis Sell? I did not. Hey, Lewis Sell is a former U.S. diplomat. He is a, uh, he worked for the State Department. He granted U.S. recognition to the Soviet successor states. He um, was a whole, Hello. he's a genius. Phenomenal life. Most boring person I've ever met when he tried to teach. <laughs> Fell asleep in his class a couple of times. Um, yeah. But when he talked about his life, I was gripped and I wanted to just please keep talking about these things. And he, um, God, what was the guy's name? Um, he, because he spoke fluent, he speaks fluent Russian. Uh, he was asked to go hang out with a Soviet astronaut, a cosmonaut, and they went to see Star Wars, and he translated Star Wars on the fly for him in the theater. Huh, okay. And he walked out, and he asked, what did you think of it? And he's like, yeah, I, I liked it. It was Cowboys in Space. And if I recall, like, we've only recently begun to think of, of Star Wars as a, as a space western, and it's just fascinating to me that people, that we were getting that from, if you translate it into another language, you get it pretty quickly. Hmm, well, that makes sense. Because it is. Well, it's all, I mean... And right about now is when my AC guy came in and made a bunch of noise. And I we lost where we were talking about. So hopefully this fills it in. And sorry. Sorry about that. I just... Because uh, it's been... Uh, we've had some issues with our AC lately and it's been very, very hot. It's supposed to be like 107 today. Yeah. Or at least with the uh, heat index. Which, uh, I don't know really hmm. the difference, but... It does, well, actually, I do know the difference. It the difference is uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So um, we were talking about science fiction, sci fantasy, speculative fiction. Basically, fantasy uses the past to show how we got here, kind of, mm-hmm. and maybe how to avoid things. So, uh, science fiction or speculative fiction uses the future to show the now, like right, uh, yeah. Star Trek. For, Star Trek for all its ham fistedness. Had you know those brilliant biting episodes? He is black on the right side of his face. I am white on the white. Yeah, side. Uh, the measure of a man from uh, TNG. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> the entire run of Deep Space Nine. Right. Uh-oh. What's your favorite of the Star Trek series? I I still gotta go with TNG. Just I that's the one that we grew up watching with Dad. Yeah. You know, um, t- uh, Deep Space Nine. I didn't watch until college. Mm-hmm. Or after, you know, it was, you know, we, we maybe would see an episode or two here or there. I think, you know, I, I skipped over DS9 while it was on. I watched most of Voyager while it was on. Voyager has some beautiful episodes. Has probably the best theme song. Absolutely the best theme song. As a series. It's eh, wildly inconsistent. Wildly in- inconsistent. Has some cool characters. Really beautiful moments. Enterprise was shit. Eh, Enterprise... I think Enterprise was hampered by a lot. Could have been great if they'd had a lot of. Um, I mean, could, could have been great, which means that it wasn't. <laughs> it was okay. I think it was okay, and I think it, it was better than people made it out to be. But at the same time, yeah, it's kind of it's very all over the place. The same. Yeah, I think Voyager is way better. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, I think it was. I think like the as much as you know, the characters were kind of eh. In Voyager, I felt even more ugh, for the characters in Enterprise. It had such a cool premise, but I just I don't know. They didn't it, do anything. Yeah, they didn't do anything with it. Discovery, I Discovery is gorgeous, and I think I just started the second season. I have not watched the second season yet. Oh, it's better. I, I, that's good. That that would be very hard to be worse. I think 
it just bothered me that everyone was a dick. <laughs> like, that's the easiest way to describe my, my... Every problem I had with this show was, you know, everyone was a dick. And, yeah, there's that big reveal, and, you know, like, oh, that asshole, he was an asshole from the asshole universe. So why were we following along? Oh, we're assholes, too. Yeah. I, they're just, it just didn't feel... It felt like science fiction action show. It didn't feel yep. like Star Trek. Because I didn't like I I didn't like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. I liked the first one. I thought that one was a pretty good science fiction action movie. I despised Into Darkness. Thought it was awful. And I thought uh, Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. I thought actually, that I, actually I actually I actually like that one the best. Me too. Of the three. out of all those, I think that, uh, that was probably three, the I thought that was the 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 most. It was fun. It actually kind of felt more like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It, it it was, yeah, I like that one the best. Um, I uh, I have actually been coming around lately. You note that we're trying desperately not to talk about the warrior and the sorceress because it's awful. Um, oh, we're done. We're done talking with it. it. So he he plays both sides. He gets beat up. He picks one side. It doesn't matter. Don't see this fucking movie. It's awful. Okay, back to Star Trek. Things that back matter. To Star Trek. Things that matter. <laughs> um, I've actually come around. I don't know if I think Wrath of Khan is the best Star Trek movie. I think probably number four. I would go with uh, First Contact. <laughs> I think First Contact yeah. has the most the most concise, I'd probably say at least for Star, as Star Trek movies go, or at least rep- understanding the concept of Star Trek, it would be that uh, First Contact and Undiscovered Country, because they both, their emotional beats come from working together. The entire climax, emotional climax of, of First Contact is a handshake mm. and like and yeah. that that's the entire if anything that's like the entire point of the of the entire franchise is people working together i can dig that i i think i think wrath of khan is cinematically like as far as a movie's concerned probably the yep. best because but i don't even know if it's the best because you know it's all about spock dying so yeah you know it, it, it was a punch in the gut to watch spock die so I wonder if people, because Ricardo Montalban's a over the top silly villain, but but he also like the fact that he is over the top and silly kind of sells it. Oh but, no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. but 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 as far as like you know, this is the best one. Is it the best one just because of that end scene and that that final speech that Spock gives? Is, is that because that's so emotional and so compelling? Does that then color the rest of the movie? Combined with. It goes. It's it's coming off of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, which is actually pretty good and very ambitious. Oh, I I, I like that one a lot now. Yeah, and then it, it's sandwiched with um, sandwiched behind Search for Spock, which Ugh. is eh. Yeah, it, it's and then you've also got Voyage Home, which that's I love pretty Voyage good. Home. Voyage Home is is great and it's kind of it's kind of kitschy and and weird, and then that and then immediately following that you have. Final Frontier. Which is one Awful. of the worst. Awful. If not the um, worst, yeah. And then there's, and then you have Undiscovered Country, which is this amazing, you know, treatise on post-Soviet relations. And then you've got Generations, which, I mean, it's the even-numbered Trek film thing. Right. Because then you have Generations, which is kind of awful. And, except for, you know, you know Wrath of, uh, First Contact's good. Star Trek... Um, Insurrection. Insurrection, which... On more than one occasion, I think is it I have been known to think was an actual episode of TNG. 
It's just Watchers in the Woods. Or who watches the Watchers? Yeah, it's there's some interesting bits to it, but at the same time, it's like, is this? Are we sure this wasn't just a recycled episode of the series? And then Nemesis is just sad and like yeah. angry and tired and bleh, just gross. Ugh. So Lavar Burton was supposed to direct Nemesis, mm-hmm. and he didn't get to for some reason. And the guy who directed it kept calling him Laverne the entire time. Oh, yeah, I don't like it anymore. Like, that made me like it less. <laughs> yeah. And you've got Tom Hardy doing a terrible job, which, how do you do that? Yeah, he's great in pretty much anything. Um, so... so, what we're trying to say is, um, Dragonheart's, pretty, Dragonheart's pretty good. <laughs> don't see Warrior and the Sorceress. Avoid odd number Trek films, except for the first one. The first one's pretty good. Um, watch, and... ga- uh, watch Galaxy Quest, because it's the best, best star- one of the best Star Trek movies that's ever been made. Um, Agreed. And um, so, where are we putting these on our list? Because we need to still need to do that. So, first contact number one. Oh, no, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, let's start with Dragonheart. Okay. Because I know we're going to put Warrior of the Sorcerers, but let's start with Dragonheart. I I think Dragonheart is probably better than Sorcerer's Apprentice. Because mm. I'm at the list. Right, I'm I'm looking at the the list. What's on what's what's right what's in What's below Sorcerer's Apprentice? Never ending story. See, I put it there. I put it in between those two. Yeah. But what's a what's above Sorcerer's Apprentice? Dragon Slayer. Uh, okay. Because Sorcerer's Apprentice is might be a little bit more entertaining, but its music is far inferior. That you you you've made your case. Because <laughs> like, okay, so, okay, so, I yeah so okay you put it in between Dragonheart or Dragon Slayer and Sorcerer's Apprentice. Apprentice at um. Uh, it's now at, at number six. Okay. Warrior and the Sorceress. Honestly. Actually, I, honestly, I'm going to put it between Deathstalker and... <laughs> Battle of uh, Five Armies? Yep. Yeah, you read my mind. I was about to say, Deathstalker is shorter and comes out quicker. It, like, it's over with quicker. It's over with quicker. I, I mean, there's a ton of rape in it. I don't condone it. It's terrible. But there were also there were at least some things I kind of kind of chuckled at yeah and like shook shook my head bemusedly at aside from all the other awful things in and it. there was a gamerian guard and there's a gamerian guard this movie had nothing <laughs> i had absolutely nothing yet. and the only reason for me that it's not as bad as battle of five armies is that it was shorter than battle of five armies so then there was, we go that's then that, that, that's about it yeah okay oh, good work good work We're good around. work <laughs> oh so uh Lars, where can they find us on the internet? They can find us um, throughout the various um, social media platforms. They can find us on Twitter at Sword in Boardcast. We also have a letterbox with a list which was updated as regularly as I can. Mm. We will be posting a link on when we get this episode up. I'll post a link to that documentary. It's by Lindsay Ellis. Um, she does a lot of phenomenal treatises on uh, on fiction and tropes and things like that. She's a phenomenal um, YouTuber. Uh, you should check that out. Yeah, uh, we will see you guys in the near future. Yes, uh, have a wonderful uh, weekend, and uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.